Hello, and welcome to another edition of Mix It Up, diversifying your classroom library and library. My name is Tamiko Brown, Ed White STEM librarian. And I'm Felicia Morgan, kindergarten teacher extraordinaire, also at Ed White STEM Magnet. Today, we have a special guest with us. We have Tanya Castillo. She is a um, librarian, an intermediate secondary librarian at Brookside uh, Intermediate. Thank you for having me today, Tamiko and Felicia. So Tanya later on is going to do our book talk. And so today we wanted to just have a part two to our last discussion about how do you go about diversifying your library and why. Um, I have a little bit of the why. Um, and so if you're looking for some good resources for that, recently we had the author, children's author, Chris Barton at our campus. And when he was there, I, I really enjoyed his visit. Um, one of the things I like to do when um, a school author, an author comes to our school, um, I like to have him eat with the children and have the children um, get a chance to ask them, ask them questions and engage with the author on a much more personal level. And so he asked a very interesting thing. He had an interesting request I've never seen before. He said, I will do this only if the students that are there, that they represent the diversity of the school. I've never had that request I before. Love that. That is powerful. And so, you know, I don't think that we intentionally send a certain type of student, but sometimes I think that happens unintentionally. And so I let all of the teachers know, and I think it just brought to light, hmm, this is something to, to just think about next time you choose a student to do this special kind of project or any special project. Um, so he also left um, with us after his visit a sheet and it says how to diversify your kid lit related list. This is a powerful document and it just starts out, hey, are you making a kid lit related list? Yes. And then it goes on. Um, if you say yes, who's listed and who's left out? Are you thinking about diversity? And so then if you say yes to that, it goes on some things you should consider when you think about diversity. Is it own voice and things like that? And then if you're not thinking about that, and why wouldn't you con even consider it? And so it's a very gentle nudging of just thinking about diversifying your book list and diversifying your book choices. So thank you, Chris Barton, for visiting our school and giving us that dialogue of considering diverse choices when we invite kids to our um, uh, author lunches and then just helping us thinking about diversifying our library collection, whether it's for a classroom or a library. I wanted uh, today to kind of continue with our talk about our resources that we use. I have two um, Instagrammers <laughs> that I wanted to mention uh, that I that I look to often when I'm when I'm adding, you know, diverse things into my library and not even, not even so much my library, but when I'm talking about just being more inclusive and adding more just to my classroom in general. So, um, so one is at apron underscore education on Instagram. And the other one is at read like a rock star. And I 
look to their Instagram accounts uh, when I am looking for resources because they both uh, do Teachers Pay Teachers. They both have a really strong and deep passion for social studies, which I love because I think it is so important. And so I've used um, resources from both of these ladies uh, this month during Black History Month. Okay. Um, they have very, they have very good, kid-friendly, straight and to the point Black History Month resources, and my kids have been eating them up. And wow. so my whole bulletin board outside my classroom is um, it's it's pictures and profiles from their Black History Month resources. And so it's good quality information. It's pictures of the actual people. It tells a little little, little blurb about their life and important things they've done. And so I have uh, Black scientists and Black inventors and Black singers and dancers. And the kids have been so excited because every day I'll tell my teacher helper to go out to the bulletin board and to pull a couple of them Mm -hmm. down. I have them hanging up with paper clips so they're easy for the kids to take down and put back up. And then she, she'll go out there and she'll pull down a couple and then we'll read and talk about them. And then, you know, if it's, if it's a dancer or a singer, then I will pull up a YouTube video. Or if it's a a poet, I'd pull like Maya Angelou, I pulled up, um, I pulled up a video of her reading some of her poetry and the kids are just enthralled by it and they love it so much. And so, um, and then I also have been trying to find books about the same people to Mm -hmm. put, to put into the classroom library. What I like most about it is it has, um, there are pictures from, you know, like the forties and Mm fifties, Um, they have like pictures of some clear segregation Mm -hmm. happening in public and in schools. And so it's a picture and then there are some guiding questions. So I project the picture and let the kids kind of see it and let them talk through what they see. And then I go through the questions and ask them like, what do you notice about where the people are sitting? And and what what do you notice about the quality of, of, you know, the restrooms of over here and as opposed to over here. And we just have like a really good, strong discussion about it. I, and so I really have been enjoying their resources. So that's um, at apron underscore education and at read like a rock star. They are great. I think that is so fabulous. I really like the way you um, have the multimedia, you know, the videos. But the most powerful thing in that is I really um, appreciate that you have them answering questions, you know, just getting them thinking because the classroom, it needs to be a safe place where they can learn and uh, accept their own identities, but then to see um, where you know, they fit in in the world and then also to gain perspective of other groups and appreciate other groups. And one of the big, like, you know, I wanted to jump up and down and cry. (laughs) Um, We're doing all about books. So during our writing time, we're doing writing nonfiction. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to get kids to grasp the concept that like, if you're writing nonfiction, it doesn't have to be a science book. It doesn't have to be like all about snails, all about elephants. And you can pick someone who you love, who's like famous. And so one of my kids wrote about Michael Jackson. And so they went and got the Michael Jackson page off the wall. And one of them was wanted 
well, I want to write about Martin Luther King Jr., but I'm only missing one fact. Can I go out to the wall and get his page down? And can you like help me read it so I can get one more fact for my Martin Luther King Jr. book? And I was like, uh, yeah. So wow, that's, they're that's using awesome. it. So it's not just a it's not just a review. It's not just learning during Black History Month, but like they're connecting it to their learning in other areas outside of social studies and they're passionate about it. And I love that. And I like that you just said they're not just learning about it just because it's Black History Month, that this is something that's ongoing and just something that they can can continue to do much beyond February. Absolutely. Um, So the next resource I wanted to talk about is as far as for explaining the why, is um, the book Being the Change by Sarah Ahmed. This is such a powerful book. Um, Both Felicia and I read this book. We've been doing kind of a book study with this book throughout the the year. And there's some perspectives, some things that I thought were just so powerful that I wanted to relay today. First, um, in the library, one of the first lessons that I did, I got from this book. And she talks about, let students get a chance to talk about who they are. And I incorporated it with dot day. So they got a dot and I put up on a window display, I am. And they all got a dot and they were able to say, I am a writer. I am a dancer. Just something that they can say that identifies themselves and something that can be uh, proud of. And then this book, it talks about the whole idea and concept of microaggressions and what those are. So um, I think that that's something that students... Uh, need to know about and um, feel comfortable in the classroom to be able to talk about things like that. Um, And just kind of like what you were doing with um, some of the people with Black history, when you were talking about segregation by Mm -hmm. taking a picture and talking about, well, what's different about this picture? What do you see? She talks about in this book, taking the mascot from the uh, Cleveland Indians uh, baseball team, Um, She takes the uh, mascot and she shows that picture and she um, says to the students, what do you um, see in this picture? And the students, they talk about what they initially think. Oh, he looks happy. Oh, he's Native American. And then she asks them, well, what don't you see? What what do you think your gaps are with this picture? And so um, they go and they research and then they go back and they, they ask themselves, well, what are my, um, <clears throat> how, have, how have my initial thinking thoughts changed? And so it's a really good book in looking at and considering others' perspectives. Another thing that I think is very powerful in this book, she talks about, um, She talks about the idea of, you know, when you say something, you've got to be considerate and and realizing that it might be perceived differently towards somebody else. And if it is offensive, that you can't just rely on, oh, well, I didn't mean it and get defensive and say, well, they should just realize I didn't mean it. But um, you need to consider that the other person well, why are they offended? You need to consider that and just taking that into perspective. And so she talks about this in her classroom. She is a powerful person to me because she is a classroom teacher and she's doing all of this and she's talking about just being socially conscious. And I think that's just a powerful thing. 
One other resource I just have to talk about really quick, and then I'll uh, turn it back over to you, Felicia, is ILA, they have a YouTube um, uh, presentation. Uh, it's uh, about diversity and building a diverse library and uh, uh the perspectives and why you should do that and just all of the things we're talking about in this podcast. So I highly recommend that. We'll put that in the show notes. And again, it's from ILA, their uh, 2018 panel on diversity. So my last two, we're going to be really quick because I want to make sure that we have a chance to turn it over to our guests today. And we are recording in a public library and I just got the five minute message from the ladies at the desk. So uh, teaching kindergarten, I wanted to talk about a couple of things that I use in my classroom outside of um, diverse library collection that I think is, is equally important that I use with the kids. One of them is the Lakeshore People Colors crayon packs. Oh, so every year I buy packs and packs and packs and I mix them in with our regular standard like Crayola crayons so that they have the skin tones that they need uh, when they're drawing their friends or drawing themselves or drawing their families. And then the other one that I have to buy multiple times throughout the year because the kids run through them is a uh, True Color Skin Tone Bandages. And that's True T-R-U. C-O-L-O-U-R. So they have four different skin tones bandages. And so I fill my little Band-Aid box with those and the kids can go can go pick and choose and they'll hold the bandages up to their skin to pick the right one. And they just really, I don't know that it, it's a small thing, but not really. Like yeah. they, like last year I had a student go home and like excitedly show his mom that he fell on the playground and I had a bandage that matched his skin tone and that just made him feel really seen. And I mean, that's, that's the goal. So, um, but yeah, but I love, I truly, truly love that company. It's true color skin tone bandages, but that's it for me. So I want to go ahead and turn it over to our special guest. Hi, um, I'm going to be talking about ghost boys by Joel Parker Rhodes today. Um, I had the opportunity to meet Joel Parker Rose a couple of years ago at the Texas Library Association conference, and she discussed Ghost Boys. And when she talked about it, it was just so powerful to me. Um, she said she wrote this because as the mother of a black boy, she wants, she knows that words have the power to shape the world and that she's just so devastated about all of the things that are going on in the world. And she writes about tough subjects that need to be written about. So in this book, um, so first of all, I want to say that this book is a mix of contemporary realistic fiction and historical fiction. And in this book, it pulls you in right on page one, where Jerome, who is the main character, is killed by a police officer on the first page. He, the police officer mistakes a toy gun for a real gun. Jerome's death unleashes devastation on his community. And the rest of the book, and in the rest of the book, Jerome is a ghost boy watching the aftermath of his death through the eyes of his family community and the eyes of the family of the police officer. Throughout the book, he is helped by another ghost, the ghost of Emmett Till. This is so powerful that she links Emmett Till, who is an actual person in our history, to Jerome. That she's tying historical racism to modern day racism makes such a powerful statement. He also gets to know Sarah, who is the white daughter of the police officer who is struggling with her father's actions. This book, as I said, ties historical racism with modern, modern day racism and has a very pow powerful message about racism and how we as a community should deal with it. 
It is an excellent Black Lives Matter book that is on this year's Blue Bonnet list and gives a very real portrayal of what is going on without being too graphic for upper elementary. And it's still an excellent book for middle grade, high school, and even adults. Everybody who I've placed this book into their hands has loved this book. I love that she has written a book that deals with Black Lives Matter and is okay for upper elementary. My son, my fifth grader read this book and he was moved beyond words. I really feel that this book made him a chapter book reader. So I just wanna thank Joel Parker Rhodes so very much for writing such an excellent book. That is a powerful book. If you have not read Ghost Boys, I highly recommend it. I would suggest um, fourth grade and up that it's appropriate for that age level. So we're about to end. And if you're thinking about diversifying your classroom collection, your library, one of the great places to start online, we'll leave this in our show notes, um, Lee, Lee and Lowe Books, they have a classroom uh, library questionnaire, and it just has some really good questions, starting points for you to think about and consider as you get ready to diversify your library. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ms. Castillo. Thank you for having me. And we will see you all again next month in Mix It Up, Diversify Your Library and Classroom Library. Bye. Thank you.